everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Good Conversation, a podcast where we celebrate the life experiences, passions, and skills of everyone and anyone. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Welcome, Christy, and she'll be telling us a little bit about her reflection on rejection. For those that don't know you, Christy, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me, Iris. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Well, a little bit about me. I am a recent UBC Kin grad, so I just finished my undergrad this past May in 2020. Um, I was born and raised in Richmond, so I'm a local BC girl. (laughs) Um, I did a minor in psychology, and I'm super passionate about health, wellness, and social sustainability. Um, I love staying involved in the community, whether this is through volunteer work, Um, and I always try to stay active, so I really love exploring nature, love playing hockey, and recently I've been going on some runs, and yeah, and I love portrait photography, cooking and baking, and really crafty things like watercolor. (laughs) Yeah, wow, I feel like I learned more about you from that little blurb. <laughs> You've been friends for so many years. Um, you mentioned cooking and baking. Yes. As one of your hobbies. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about the food in your culture? Sure, yeah. So um, a bit of background on the food in my culture. So to give a bit of context, my parents are both Chinese, but they grew up in the Philippines. Um, And then they immigrated here when my older sister, she's five years older than me, when she was around two. Um, And so the, the culture, the food that I'm used to in my culture is like a little bit of a mashup, I would say, just like how my cultural heritage is. Mm -hmm. Um, So my parents are both Filipino Chinese, that's what they identify as. And the food is sort of a blend between the different cuisines, like I said. Um, If you ask anyone who is familiar with these foods, they don't look very pretty at all. There's like a lot of like brown colors and it it just doesn't look great, but it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, I would say that it's a lot of stews, a lot of stir fries. um, And for desserts, it's like steamed, caramelized stuff with and like puddings and soups um so that's sort of the gist i would give for the food in my culture um i can give you a few examples so um you've probably heard of this one filipino staple it's called chicken adobo so it's basically like chicken stewed in a dark sauce that's made of vinegar soy sauce like bay leaves and garlic so like a lot of aromatics Mm -hmm. um but the cool thing about chicken adobo is that each family has their own recipe so it, it differs between families and it always tastes slightly different, um, even though people say that they use like the same base ingredients. Um, what is something else? Another thing that I think is really representative of my family's culture is this dish called fresh lumpia. Um, and it's a dish that's made during really special occasions like New Year's or like weddings and stuff. Um, and basically it's a, it doesn't look very appetizing at all, but it's like a mixture of shredded carrots and tofu beans and cabbage. And it's like sort of wrapped burrito style in like a flour wrapper. And then you eat it with like lettuce and sauces and crushed peanuts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I hated that food as a child, but I really look forward to it now. 
Yeah, yeah, that sounds so great. I, I really, there's the chicken adobo, honestly, oh, that makes me want to have it. I remember one of my friends made it for me and it was, it was just so tasty. Mm -hmm. um, also the lumpia as well. I think that that's one, one food item in the future I would love to learn how to make. And wrap. yeah, yeah. And that's so interesting because I feel like in Asian cooking, there isn't a lot of like set recipes, like different families have their own ways of cooking. And like my mom never uses recipes or measuring cups or anything like that. And I remember when I was younger, I was like, how do you, how do you know how much to put in? And she was like, you just like feel it. And I was like, that was such an abstract con concept to me. I was like, how do you just like feel when something's like the right amount? I, I never understood that. Me too. I totally agree. Even recently, I've been trying to cook a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom, how much do you put in? She's like, like around this much. And I'm like, how much is this much? And then I started getting a little stressed because I'm like, I don't think I can <laughs> it make is stressful, this yeah. because I don't know how much this much is. And she's just, you just know. I'm like, but, but, but I, I still don't know how, but I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. I remember seeing this really funny meme. Cause I think a lot of people experience this, but it was like, your mom will tell you that you just like no and then it's like the ancestors will be whispering to you like that's that's the right amount like that pin that's a good enough pinch of salt you know Gosh. yeah asian cooking mad mm -hmm. never really seriously yeah. yeah um there's a few things that you mentioned that i thought was super interesting um first you said the fresh lumpia was is made for weddings and stuff things like that um I was wondering what do you think food plays in the emotional experiences of people Ooh, I think food is super connected to our emotions like I feel like everyone has a comfort food that they can think of right away um like when I ask you like what is your comfort food you probably have something that pops into your mind right yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's like when you think of why it's your comfort food, it's probably something that you've eaten for years, like something that's been a part of your childhood. Um, and for me, like if I were to think of a comfort food, I think it would be definitely something that my mom's been making ever since I was younger. And it's a comfort food to me because it makes me feel connected to my family and it makes me feel connected to my past. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned that a lot of the comfort food that you enjoy has is connected to your mom's cooking or mm -hmm. things that you've been having since you were a little kid. Mm -hmm. I remember earlier we were talking about this fresh lumpia, mm -hmm. and you said um, it's a very quite famous dish, mm -hmm. um, but you didn't like it so much as a little kid, although mm -hmm. it's pretty important to you now. Can you tell mm -hmm. me a little bit why? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I absolutely hated this dish when I was younger. I would dread it every time my mom would make it. And I don't know, I think I just didn't, I couldn't appreciate the flavors of it because I thought it was just, it didn't taste very good compared to other things. And one of the things I remember was that one time my mom made it and I sat at the dinner table for like three hours trying to finish it because I just couldn't, like I hated it so much. Um, and then as I was growing up, she didn't she didn't make it as much, and so I was really happy about that. But recently, she's been starting to make it a little bit more, and I look forward to it now. Like when I eat it, I feel like 
it represents like my culture and so it means something to me and I think just like my taste has developed over time as well that I like I've learned to really really love vegetables and so I just appreciate it a lot more yeah I really agree with that I think after a while when there's meaning tied to food Mm -hmm. it becomes so much more tastier or so much more important that you're engaging in that eating of the Mm -hmm. food eating it with people that you care about or Mm -hmm. yeah anytime there's that connection to something Mm -hmm. totally yeah but if there's one food that I still haven't gotten used to or liked it's bitter melon or bitter gourd I don't know if you've ever had it oh it's so gross to me (laughs) Yeah, I hear um, it was, it's that myth or something that like, if you have it, then you'll have like perfect skin or you'll fight off all bad diseases or something. And I remember my parents telling me that, so I would eat a lot of it, but it tastes so bad. I still, I still don't like it either. Yeah. I don't know if it's an acquired taste or how they learn to like it because they seem to always like it like from the first time that they've had it. I don't yeah, know. I wonder if they like it or they're just convinced that it's fighting off like illness or it's building immunity because I they I often hear like things that taste bad are mm-hmm. actually the most good for you. Yeah, the really bitter things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, so when you were young and you were growing up, um what kind of food would you bring to class or school? Did you did you have pack lunches? Um, so interesting thing is that I actually did all of my schooling, like elementary and high school through distance education. So I didn't go to like a brick and mortar school for all of those years. Um, but I did play a lot of sports growing up. So I played basketball and hockey and I also joined like a lot of like camps during the summertime. Um, So I guess to go back to your question about what kind of food I would bring, I I guess I would always insist to my mom that she pack me something like normal. So whether that was like a sandwich or a wrap with some cut up fruit, like that's what I would bring out. Um, But like even on picnics and stuff, like when my family would go to the park for picnics, we would bring like rice and like a stew or something like that. Um, So yeah, like I think going out, like exposing who you are to other people was always something that I was sort of conscious about. And I didn't, I wanted to be perceived as like normal or like everyone else when I was with my my peers. What do you think led you to feel this way that, you know, there was more of a normal type of food and that your food was maybe less normal? I think it's just the pressure from everything in your environment, like whether it's the media, whether it's books or even your friends directly. Like I remember there were a couple of instances like where my friends would be like, oh, like um, I remember sitting in my hockey, in the dressing room with my hockey team and you're talking about different foods and stuff. And then this girl turns to me and she was like, you're Chinese, like, do you eat rice every day? And I just like, that hit me really hard. And I was like, why would you just assume that? I mean, like, not even going to joke. It's like true that I eat rice every day. (laughs) Just like it hit me. I was like, why are you asking me stuff? Like, like, why are you just assuming, you know? Um, So I think it's experiences like that, that really chip away at um, like who you think you should be and how you can find like, like how you can find your place in society. 
or amongst your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So what do you think helped you sort of change that mindset from wanting to bring things that were more socially accepted by your peers to, um, yeah, to bringing things that are important to you and that you eat every day and that's part of your culture? Hmm. That's a good question because I feel like I'm still coming to terms with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely been a recent thing where I've started to appreciate my culture more and start to appreciate how it adds to my identity. Mm-hmm. But just being surrounded by role models, I think, has really encouraged me to express that part of myself and be okay with my differences. Um, I feel like my sister is a really good example because she's been like, she's not ashamed of our culture at all. And I feel like she's always embraced it ever since we were younger. Um, Like for example, she will post like the weirdest mashup dinners that my family has on her Instagram. And like that, I feel like that's a really brave thing to do, especially when your friends could come in and be like, oh, that's so weird. Like, why are you posting that? Like, why are you eating that combination of stuff? Um, But I feel like, as much as we're trying to develop like our self-confidence, I feel like our self-confidence in our culture is also really important. Um, so that's been the biggest thing that I've, I think that I've been working on over the years and being okay with showing like what my food is and what my culture is to other people. That's very beautifully put. I think that's such an important lesson to learn, especially because the society that we live in is more and more diverse mm-hmm. and I think that we are developing um a society where we encourage everyone to be unique and be themselves mm-hmm. I really like what you said about being okay with my differences and finding self-confidence with my culture not just with myself mm-hmm. I think that's a really important idea so I guess I have another question for you yeah if there was you know, maybe a little kid that just immigrated here from a different country and they're sort of experiencing the same feelings as you did. What sort of advice would you give them? Ooh, it's hard. It's hard to just tell somebody to like be okay with who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, What sort of advice would I give to them? I think... trying to share your food with your friends and telling them how much it means to you is is a really cool thing to do like for example you could have your friends over and you could make your own dishes together and sort of see um like experience what you guys like to eat i think exposure is a really important thing um the more we're exposed to something, the more we're okay with it, right? So I feel like just encouraging that and um, encouraging your friends to also be able to express themselves, I think it could be like a, a very healthy way to go about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really great. I love that idea of making your own dishes together, like the dishes from your your culture. And I think involving your friends in that experience mm-hmm. also adds meaning to those food items that might be unique to your Totally, own. yeah. And I feel like there's so many shared similarities between cultures too. Like 
every, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like almost every different culture has their own version of a dumpling, you know? Like, whether this mm -hmm. is pierogies or whether it's, like, xiaolong pao yeah. or, like, soup, like, yeah, like, I feel like dumplings are such a universal thing, like, even in Italy, like, tortellini, you know, mm -hmm. is a dumpling. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. If you think about it, like we're in a way, all our foods are different, but yet similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find that really interesting because I definitely feel like I've experienced similar things as a kid too. But it feels nice to know that a lot of people that we've all experienced this as kids, and it's nice to know that maybe our experiences we can help kids growing up recognize that you know they're not alone in these feelings and it's okay sure. to um feel that way but also find ways to overcome it because it is really special belonging to a culture mm -hmm. and having unique food items totally yeah yeah awesome well that sounds really great okay let's pause here for a second okay um is there that's i i really love that that was awesome Okay, I feel like I was just blabbering on and on and on, but <laughs> I hope it was good. Yeah, let me, let me, let me just, um, here, maybe I'll just stop. Yeah, wow, thank you so much for sharing so many of your experiences. I definitely learned a lot, and this was such a good conversation to reflect on. It really was, yeah. It was so great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Yeah, take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.